0: My name is Nelson Campbell. I'm the founder and CEO of Plant Pure and the founder of the nonprofit Plant Pure Communities, and I'm with
1: SoFlow Vegans. Welcome back to the SoFlow Vegans Podcast. I'm your host and founder of SoFlow Vegans, Sean Russell. On today's episode, we have founder and CEO of Plant Pure, Nelson Campbell, as our guest. He talks about his many organizations, including his documentary, Plant Pure Nation, Plant Pure Communities, and a few other projects you get to check out. We also talk about what it was like growing up having Dr. T. Colin Campbell as a dad, and some of his other influences that put him on his vegan journey. As always, we want to encourage you to continue supporting the podcast by sharing, leaving a review, subscribing if you haven't already, and joining our growing online community. Stay tuned until the end to hear a special spotlight on a South Florida business and news on what's happening in SoFlo vegans. So, with that being said, enjoy today's episode with Nelson Campbell from Plant Pure. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us. And right now we have a special guest. We have Nelson Campbell from Plant Pure Nation joining us today. We have a lot of topics to cover, so we appreciate him spending time with Soulful Vegans. And welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Sean. I'm looking forward to it. So, tell us a little bit about. Well, we have a tradition here where we start off with your plant based journey or your vegan journey. So, what were those early seeds? Of, what were those early seeds that were planted with you that got you on this journey?
0: Well, I didn't grow up vegan. <clears throat> I grew up on a pretty much standard American diet, although maybe a, a little bit of a healthier version of that. But I started to turn vegan, uh, or at least move in that direction in my late teens, and then I made the full switch in my 20s. And the reason for that is because I grew up with my father, Dr. T. Colin Campbell, who is uh, many of your listeners will will know of. Uh, He's considered by millions of people around the world to be the science father of the plant-based nutrition movement. And so um, he had a big influence on me, uh, as he did the rest of our family. And, um, you know, I can still recount the day when he came home from work, and he had been working in the lab, and he came home, and we were all sitting together for dinner. Uh, I had a pretty big family, and we all sat around a big circular table and, and uh, had interesting dinnertime conversations. But he came home one night, and he said, I figured out how to turn cancer on and off just through food. And he was so excited about that. And of course, you know, we've always been big fans of his. So when he said that we should start eating more vegetables, that's what we did.
1: (laughs) And, and that's, it's, I know there's always an interesting dynamic when you have a family member that is saying something versus someone outside the family, regardless of the degrees, regardless of, how esteemed they are in the in the community. Was there a little bit of that for you? Or was the evidence that he presented so concrete that it was like just a no brainer? I'm not, I'm curious. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, my mom was a big part of it too. Cause whatever
0: she cooked, we had to eat. And, um, you know, we had a pretty big family. So the food would come out on the table and we'd all jostle for the food. Uh, so that we uh, weren't shortchanged, and um, so whatever my mom put on the table, uh, we you know we uh, gladly ate. And um, you know, as my dad started figuring this stuff out, uh, she changed what sh- she started to change what she was cooking. And you know, we never really rebelled against it. We never we never really doubted what he was saying. Um, we had a lot of respect and admiration for him. And that wasn't always true on every issue. (laughs) You know, when, when you're growing up, you do have, uh, some of those rebellious years in your teens, but when it came to his science, you know, we never really doubted what he was saying. So, um, we, we happily made the transition.
1: So, and now we're, we're moving a little bit forward. You have adopted the the lifestyle. What triggered you to want to start your own movements, to create the document, to do all the things that you've done? Like what was that step before it actually happened from a creator standpoint?
0: Yeah. So, you know, I've kind of been on a life journey, I guess, a, tr- a certain trajectory, Um, that's been based or propelled by certain core beliefs that I have and have and had when I was quite young. Um, Of course, I've always been interested in health because of the influence of my father, but I've also been very interested in the environment. And of course, as you know, there's a big connection between the food that we eat and our environment. And I've also had... um, Interest in in issues of social justice and political reform, and I've always been a big believer that you know we can leave no one behind. Um, we we can't all really truly be, we can't truly be free until we're all free. So social so, social justice is critical to freedom. And I think it's really important for us to localize our democracy to figure out how to empower our communities to fix problems. So these core beliefs really propelled a vision that I developed some years ago to launch a grassroots movement strategy uh, to help bring this message deeper into the mainstream. And of course, this message is a health message, it's an environmental message, it's also a social justice message. And it's a political message because the strategy that we are using is focused on um, utilizing certain assets that we've created, and also a new social action web-based platform that we've created to empower groups uh, and local communities to share share this message. And I, I hope that in the process of doing this. Not only can we share the health and environmental benefits of a plant-based diet, but also in our own small way can demonstrate how people at the local level coming together in a connected, informed, and inspired way can fix a problem as serious as our healthcare crisis. Maybe maybe it'll beg the question, how can we do this on a wider scale?
1: And so you talked about are you referring to the Open Tribe project? Yeah. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit? I know you, you talked, you, you, you queued it up, but if someone's out there, thinks that they might have fit into the description you just gave, can you tell us a little bit more of how they can get involved with the Open Tribe program?
0: Yeah, so let me uh, just take a half a step back from that to mention that um, you, you briefly referenced a, a film uh, that, that I wrote and directed called Plant Pure Nation, which uh, was released in theaters in 2015. It's now on Amazon Prime and YouTube. Um, At the end of that film, we had a call to action for people to form local advocacy groups. We call these groups PODs, and the idea is to plant seeds of change in local communities. A lot of people answered that call to action. We now have over 250,000 people who are involved in that POD network. And I subsequently founded a nonprofit organization called Plant Peer Communities to support that pod network. Um, Open Tribe was developed uh, as a platform to enable those groups and other groups and local communities to undertake outreach initiatives to share the health and environmental ethical benefits of, of a plant based diet. And so um, Open Tribe is is unique in the combination of elements that it has. So first of all, uh, if you're a pod or other group, you can go on there. you can have your own set of pages uh, to organize yourselves, you know to set up events, to communicate, to house your own resources. Then we have a project page where uh, there are some projects hosted in there, each containing a stepwise strategy for action and resources to support that strategy. And we're starting out with just a handful of projects, but that's just to get the ball rolling. Uh, We hope that over time uh, we can host all kinds of projects. Maybe someday we'll have thousands of projects, many of which will be contributed by our community. And I also hope, too, by the way, to have many different campaigns. Right now we're focused on plant-based nutrition, but perhaps down the road we'll have a campaign to address homelessness or drug addiction or Cleaning up uh, the local environment, or you know, whatever whatever problem exists, I hope that we can help address address those things through this platform. So we have group functionality, projects. We also have a media feed. This is really important. Um, and again, we've just put some initial content there, but we have plans to do an ongoing show that will highlight. Uh, innovative efforts that groups around the country and maybe at some point around the world are undertaking to address a problem, perhaps through one of the projects that are on the platform. Um, we want to you know, find those best practices and then share them with the rest of the network so that we can kind of create the circular process of learning and action and as I oftentimes say, is to build a collective entrepreneurial mind that no government anywhere could ever hope to match. Um, the fourth element is uh, education. Um, we have a few courses loaded in, a few educational programs. We're, we're gonna be adding more over time. And the idea is that you know, you'll be able to go to Open Tribe and you'll be able to gain knowledge that relates to the projects that are on the platform. You know, a lot of times we just learn things, but we don't act on our knowledge. Knowledge is power only if we take action. And so we hope that we can, you know, combine those elements on Open Tribe.
1: Thank you so much for that explanation on Open Tribe. I've heard of the pods before, but it's cool to see how everything is coming together. So let's let's go back and talk about the documentary because, you know, anyone that's been in the vegan community for a while you'll run into someone who became vegan or adopted a plant-based lifestyle because of a documentary. So what motivated you to create the documentary in the first place?
0: Well, Sean, it's a, kind of an interesting backstory there. So I, I started working on this kind of grand vision that I had for building all of the elements essential to this grassroots strategy, which includes, you know, food products and educational programming and other kinds of programming for physicians and employers. And then this open tribe in the pod network. So I started working on, on that, focusing first on the food. And I was having a devil of a time um, because the foods business is very complicated. It's very capital intensive. And I wasn't interested in going out, you know, going out and raising a bunch of venture capital kind of institutional money because I wanted to build our company in in a way that would enable us to preserve our social mission and also to make some important philanthropic commitments. So, you know, I ended up having to bootstrap things. So we had we had challenges and and quite frankly, I was <laughs> at a point where I was close to giving up. I won't go into all the reasons why, but I was in a pretty pretty uh, pretty dark place. And and then an opportunity came along because of some work that I was doing uh, in Kentucky. An opportunity came along for me to make this film, Plant Pure Nation. Um, and I'll just tee it up uh, with this one story because I don't want to ruin the storyline for people who haven't seen it. Um, I was involved in a legislative effort in Kentucky, um, and it was modeled after a program that we had been conceiving here in North Carolina and testing. Um, The the, the idea that we had was to do a pilot project in eastern Kentucky in a low-income community in that part of the state. Um, A two-week Immersion program where we would teach people about a plant-based diet and then provide food for the two weeks, and then do pre and post biometrics, and we were going to do all that at our own cost. But what we were asking for through this legislation was for the state government to watch, and then if we were successful, as we knew we would be because we had already had this experience in North Carolina, if we were successful, um, we wanted them to to agree that they would sit down with us and then work out a strategy for how to roll this uh, uh, approach out across the state of Kentucky, focusing on its underserved communities first. And we even had ideas for how we could get low cost food and, and, and do this in a way that, that was feasible. And so uh, legislation was drafted around this um, and this was following uh, an appearance by my father on the floor of the house in Kentucky. He'd given a a speech there, a talk there that was very well received. So a lot of people in the legislature knew about my father. They they were excited about this particular project that we were proposing. But as soon as it went into committee, the powerful industries uh, that are vested in the status quo there kicked into action and got to every member of the committee and killed the bill. And so at this point, you know, I'd, I'd already been having some serious challenges with this business concept and then this happened. And and I really was about to throw in the towel. But then I started thinking about, you know, how to turn a negative into a positive. I started thinking about, you know, how I could drive a storyline from that initial point. How I could drive a storyline that would explain to the public how this message has been suppressed for so long. This message was suppressed for decades by corrupt forces in government and industry. And so I imagine this storyline and I, I shared it with, with a few people who then <laughs> got so excited about it that they provided the funding that we needed to make the film. And um, it's a story driven film. It's uh, a lot of political drama. And I'll just leave it at that. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on Amazon Prime or YouTube.
1: So what were some of the lessons that you learned um, by making this film?
0: Well, you know, for one thing, I've always loved to write. In fact, when I was younger, I thought I was maybe going to be a writer. And then then I realized it was hard to to, uh, support yourself that way, I guess. And Went down a different pathway, but I did uh, figure out that filmmaking is just another form of writing. It's uh, just a different kind of communication, and um, and I learned that that there's tremendous power in story. You know, I think sometimes we learn best through story, and we can best teach by telling stories. Um. And then I, you know, in the process of making the film, I met a lot of interesting people along the way. I, I, I deepened my understanding of some things, uh, certain, certain important issues. Um, and, uh, and I also, (laughs) I also learned too, that, uh, that luck is sometimes an important part of success. Um, I don't know how we, we ended up pulling off what we did. I think we, we did something in the film that has never been done before. We maneuvered uh, into the political process, um, and you know, eventually engineered some some legislation down to the floor of the House. And again, I don't want to give too much away here to the Kentucky House of Representatives, where we actually had our cameras, and we were able to get a, a real insider's look. And but we were lucky because. As we went through that process, there were some people who who discovered what we were up to, and if any of those people had said anything to anyone, it would have been game over for us, and that never happened. Even to this day, I look back on it, and I just realized that somehow, you know, we got lucky. I don't know w- why it worked out the way it did, but um, but sometimes, sometimes you do get
1: lucky so um let's let's talk more about the community aspect because that's one of my core principles it's connection it's creativity it's compassion but all of that i see encompassed, um put together in a community so with the idea behind the pods and the content that you're putting out right now what role do you see these local community organizers playing in your vision for the world like
0: you know, one thing one thing I've learned, Sean, is that every community it's has tremendous internal expertise and leadership. It's oftentimes untapped, you know, because as a society, we tend to always look up for solutions, to look to, you know, government to come in and solve our problems. Um, and so 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 these you know leaders that we have in um, our local communities oftentimes aren't empowered they, they're not they don't have the resources to do what's necessary. Um, and, um, and 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 this is what what we need to address is we need to figure out how to empower these social entrepreneurs. Um, since we launched open tribe, which was only done very recently, um, so it's still in process really being launched. Uh, we, we have, I don't know, 40 or 50 groups signed up now um, and uh, and we have people beginning to engage. But already uh, we have a, a, peop- a couple in northern Virginia outside of Washington undertaking a strategy to bring this message to all of the employers in their local economy. We have um, another husband-wife team in northwest Pennsylvania Uh They're doing some important work in the underserved Amish community up there. Um, We have an an effort that we're getting ready to launch in Durham, being spearheaded by a physician who actually lives in Wisconsin, but he's so passionate about what we're trying to do that he's volunteering his time. But we're going to be working with folks uh, and on-the-ground leaders in Durham to bring this health message and affordable foods and to some of the underserved communities in Durham. Uh, I just just had a phone call today with uh, a pod leader and an elder uh, of a Native American tribe in Arizona. We're gonna be making an effort to bring this message and affordable foods there. Uh, We have another pod leader in Santa Cruz California, who is going to be launching an effort uh, through our community advocacy project on Open Tribe to organize a community-wide campaign there. So all of this stuff is happening in real time very quickly because our communities are full of people who have who are passionate about wanting to make change, but they just need the tools to do so. They need the resources, they need the information. They need to be able to connect with other people who can help. Um, you know, this is the paradigm. This is the new paradigm that we have to shift to in our society. Is we have, we're have we going to have to figure out how to reroute society's resources to local communities to empower these social ar- entrepreneurs to fix problems.
1: I absolutely love hearing that and the fact that you've already created a resource, a tool that these... Or- individuals or organizations can tap into to make a positive change in their communities makes me excited to share this information. So thank you for the work that you've done. And we'll probably talk a little bit more offline to see the details on that. So we can, you know, figure out how we can get some campaigns going down here in South Florida, if there aren't already campaigns going. That's just me making that assumption.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, there's, um, Never-ending possibility for launching campaigns. So I'd love to talk to you about that. And just one last thing, I just want to mention quickly. I forgot. I just realized uh, something that I'm quite excited about, and and your listeners could stay t- stay tuned for this. In December, we're going to be launching a line of Meal Starter products that we've been working on for over two years. So. These are products, you know, most of the ingredients are in dried forms, your spices, some of your starches, beans, lentils, that sort of thing, rice. And all you have to do is add a wet ingredient and then some fresher frozen produce and you quickly have a delicious plant based meal. What we're going to be doing with this product line is, of course, we're we're going to be marketing this to help support our organization. But also we're going to be taking these products um, into some of these underserved communities. Um, Like for example, to folks insured through Medicaid or receiving supplemental food assistance. We're gonna be testing out different strategies for how to get these products to those folks who really need them. And we're gonna waive 100% of our profit margin. So we're gonna do something no no food company's ever done. We're gonna take food right from the factory and try to bypass as many of the middle people as possible and get this to the people who need it with no profit markup. So stay tuned for that. Um, uh, of all that we're doing, I think I'm almost most excited about that
1: idea. So, so right now, do you have an idea of when people can look out for that? Are there things that you're yep. working on? It'll be,
0: uh, it should be at our warehouse, uh, um, local warehouse here at, at the end of the first week of December. So I think we should be uh, able to put these on the market second week of December. So, um,
1: And then people would be ordering, how would they order it once it's up and ready? uh,
0: Plantpurenation.com. And these are are dry products. So the shipping costs are very low. You can get them. You don't have to refrigerate them. So they're easy to ship and easy to store.
1: All right. That's awesome. And... There's so many cool things going on that, um with Plant Pure. So um let's go a little bit more cuz I'm looking at the website and I see you have you have you know cooking videos, you have different programs, you have a shop. Like take us through what that what your ecosystem looks like for someone going there for the first time.
0: All righty. So again, we have the two organizations. One's our nonprofit and that that does all the pod support. Then we have the company which is Plant Pure and that's at plantpurenation.com. We have uh, frozen entrees that you can buy and get delivered. Uh, they're in generous one pound serving sizes. Uh, we also have frozen entrees in supermarket chains. Um, we're going to be adding these meal starters uh, that I just spoke about. Uh, we also have a program for physicians. So, if a physician wants to prescribe a plant based diet to their patient, we have something called the Plant Pure Rx program. They can provide that to a patient. The patient gets the food delivered to their doorstep along with a guidebook and cookbook and then they get 10 days of education delivered you know, through uh, through email. Um, and all the while they're 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 living off of the food that we provide so they can actually go plant-based for the 10 days. And then the physician can do pre and post biometric testing. That's our Plant Pure RX program. Um, we also can provide that same immersion program, but without the physician, but just offering the immersion program as a jumpstart program, we could provide that and our food to work sites to employers who want to reduce their healthcare costs. Um, we have a, um, a new lecture series that we're launching. Um, we just renamed it. We're calling it Dr. Campbell's Nutrition Paradigm it's a 10-part lecture series. It's all of his key findings over his life in one lecture series, and that's a, a $97. That'll be available on the website, too. And then we have a show that I'm really excited about. It's Plant Pure Kitchen Live. Uh, my wife is Kim, Kim Campbell, and she's a nationally regarded cookbook author, and she's authored two cookbooks. And she has this show every Thursday evening, and if you subscribe, you can get the recipe list and grocery list the week before, prep your food, and literally cook along with her every Thursday. And she's just an awesome chef. She makes sort of a comfort style f- food that you know f- that's familiar to people. Um, mainstream eaters lo- love her food, so we do that every Thursday. So I think that's more or less uh, everything.
1: And, and that's that's um, enough to make most people want to go check it out right now, mm-hmm. as well. I'm excited about the adjustments that you're making to the the seminar. I feel like a little, it's going to open it up for a lot of people who are big fans um, of of Dr. Campbell. So I'm excited to get that word out to our community. So as we wrap up the the conversation, I would love for you to leave a message to anyone watching this right now they may be vegan they may be non-vegan i want you to deliver a message to our audience right now that speaks to the heart of both you and your organization and if you need a couple of seconds feel free to take that time. This is your yeah. your opportunity. No, I,
0: I'll just jump in here and say that this is a message that at its core, it's about love. It's about compassion. It's not just about health and diabetes and food. It's about love. You know, first of all, you love yourself. You take care of yourself. Our gift of life is our greatest gift. We have to treasure and honor that gift. And we do that by taking care of ourselves And then once we've done that, we reach out, we can love others. We can love others by sharing this message and leaving no one behind, no community behind. We can love animals. You know, we mistreat animals today. We could love animals and we can love our environment. When we eat right, we take care of our environment. So this is really all about love. And and also it's about, as I said before, community empowerment. When we connect our communities and we empower our communities, that's when the love really starts to flow. Because that's our default position, is to love one another. We, the evil dwells in the spaces between us when we're disconnected. But when we come together in connection, uh, people will love one another. And so that, that's really at the core of everything, is, is that idea of compassion.
1: And I want to thank you for connecting with us, for speaking on compassion. I mean, if I had a tattoo, it would be the word's compassion. Um, so thank you for that. And the last thing I would oh and where can people find more information about everything that you're doing?
0: Well, first of all, uh, check out Open Tribe. That's opentribe.com. Uh go there, uh start a, sign up, uh, start a group, join a group, uh, check out the projects, and then there's plantpurenation.com you want to learn about our food and other programming
1: spotlight commencing in five four three two one
2: hi i'm shelby hi and i'm jp and we're with pack pastries and we're also a SoFlo vegans i started pack pastries because i had recently gone vegan and i had a big sweet tooth there was nothing this was like eight or nine years ago so vegan wasn't really like that common of a thing yet. So there wasn't much out there and I just started to actually take like my family recipes and convert them to be vegan. I also had a lot of friends who had gluten allergies. So I went ahead and did that as well. So I made them to just be vegan and gluten free. And yeah, I just started sharing them with my friends at work. And my boss at the time, I was working at a local coffee shop and she wanted me to tell her the the cupcakes I was making actually to sell in the shop, and um, that's that's how I started. <laughs> um, I definitely think that the fact that we are a hundred percent not just vegan but also gluten free um, it makes it a lot easier for everyone to come and enjoy. Uh, you know, gluten is just as much um, as well-known, I guess, as vegan is right now. Um, so I feel like, you know, people are coming and looking for this type of thing. So instead of, you know, I get a lot of customers who come in and they'll say like, oh, what vegan options do you have? Or, oh, what gluten-free options do you have? And they're actually super happy to know that everything is not just gluten-free or not just vegan, but the other as well.
1: We want to thank Nelson Campbell from Plan Pure for joining us on the show. To hear more about the SoFlow Vegans podcast, to subscribe, to see past episodes and all that great stuff, go to SoFloVegans.com slash podcast. And if you just want to generally support us and see other ways that you can contribute, be a part of the content we're creating, show up at events, SoflowVegans.com slash support. One of the cool things I want to announce is we launched a Slack community. If you haven't used Slack, it is a great way to connect with other people as well as stay on top of what's going on, collaborate, find a lot of information. It's just a cool tool and it's the future. Of message boards. If you remember message boards back in the day, it used to be really cool. You can meet new people and everything. So we're bringing that back with this new technology. It's an app you can download and use for your own projects in the future. It's just a great tool. And we're not sponsored by Slack, although we probably should be. So yes, we'll be sending that link out in our support page as well as having it featured throughout soflowvegans.com. So look out for that. And if you're a member, we send emails and you'll Get that information, so why not sign up to be a member on SoFlow as well? So be on the lookout for a new podcasts. We've recorded a couple and we're excited to get those out. And we have a few scheduled. So if you want to leave a question for any of our guests, you can do that as well once you sign up on our website. So, with that being said, we will see you next time.